Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. So this morning, uh, we have before us the uh, communion table, uh, the bread and the uh, juice before us today. We do this at our service on a regular basis, about six times a year. And I just want you to know if you're visiting with us this morning, that you are welcome to share in the communion if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You do not need to be a member of our church. If you're a member of the church, which is His body, the body of Christ, you are welcome to share in this uh, celebration with us. We are in the tradition of, uh, you know, there's some who share these as sacraments and so forth, but we share them as a time of memorial, a time of worship, and a time to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we, so we want the focus to be on that this morning. So just a few words before we share this together. I wonder how many of you, uh, if you were honest, have uh, caught yourself already in the last weeks saying something like, well, we have to wait till after the holidays because it's just too busy. After the holidays, we'll schedule that. Right? Anybody find themselves... Well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Gary. What do you got going? You're not that busy, are you? All right. Okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's sort of a cultural shift around this time of year that our mind sort of gets in this mode that it is a busy time of year. And uh, it's, I just I think it would be good as we, we come to Thanksgiving. And then, of course, I mean, you know, I don't know about you, but I, have, I don't know how many hundreds of Black Friday ads I've already seen. It's not even... Friday after Thanksgiving yet, um, and uh, we are we are you know rushing toward the commercial end of it and everything else. But it's a time for us as a family of God to to just stop and step back and reflect. What other time of year are people singing songs about the Lord Jesus Christ and His birth and His deity, um, quoting scriptures, sending cards, uh, watching things on the movies and TV even that that focus on this. It's a good time for us to, to step back as we approach Thanksgiving because it's a time to give God thanks for what He has done for us. We look forward to Christmas. We look forward to celebrating the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it's good today that we just have a few minutes to just relax, quiet your hearts, and focus on what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you and has done for me. Where would you be today? Where would you be today without the Lord Jesus Christ in your life? And if that is not your story, you can have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life today through simple faith in Him. It's the gospel, the good news. The glad tidings is good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you just to think about that from this passage as we come to the communion table this morning. I mentioned earlier as we read the verse for Lewis this morning from 1 Corinthians 15 that that is the resurrection passage. It focuses on the Lord's resurrection and our hope of the resurrection. And he begins this by saying, Now, brothers, I wanted to remind you of the gospel I preach to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. And as we come to communion today, I want you just to reflect on the gospel simply means good news, glad tidings. It's interesting. You know, we, we, we refer to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
it's interesting that the actual use of the word is vast majority is by Paul in his epistles over 75 times. Probably less than a dozen in the actual gospels themselves. And if you attribute also from the time of Paul's salvation where it's attributed to his lips and his preaching, uh, Paul uses this term by far more than any other writer in the Bible because it's to the heart and soul of what he has been called to do, to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And he tells us in this passage, which has come down to some as known as a kerygma, the early um, form of the essentials of the gospel. What really is essential in the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is the essential truth that, that we need to remember? We talked last week about our commitment to sharing the gospel. What is it you need to share? What is the essential message? It is simply this, verse 3. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve, after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. The gospel, the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives us in just the simplest possible language. that Every one of us can remember this. Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. Christ died on account of our sins. It's really not translated, He died on our behalf. He died on account of our sins. It has to do with the Old Testament idea of a sacrifice to cover and pay for sin. Christ died. I mean, let that sink in for a moment. We teach that Jesus Christ is God Himself. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, equally God. All share the same substance or essence. You have three distinct personas or personhoods. He is fully God. And it says He died. He died and shed His blood on account of my sin and on account of your sin and the sins of the world. And Paul tells us it was according to scriptures, according to the word is according to the writings. And when Paul wrote that, they didn't have the New Testament writings yet. Yes, the apostles were getting revelation. Yes, it was acknowledged this was from God. But as the Lord Jesus Christ, as the apostles, and as Paul goes out to the Gentile world, what they always do is they go back to the Old Testament and show from the Old Testament that this was predicted. This had to happen. And we read passages like Isaiah chapter 53, which I'm sure was one of the key passages. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great. He will divide spoils with the strong because he poured his, out his life. He poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgression. He poured out his life unto death, according to the scriptures. Paul says the gospel is simply this. 
Christ died for us according to the Scriptures. And secondly, that he was buried. You know, if you read the, the Gospels and you read the end of the Gospels, how much detail in every one of them is given to the burial of the Lord Jesus Christ? This is important. He was placed in the tomb. He was buried. He was dead. They saw him. They handled him. According to Roman custom, as a criminal, and, and dying on the cross at Calvary was the most disgusting and heinous way to die. They would have been cast into a, to a, to a common grave unless a family member or close friend stepped up and said, I will take this person. I will bury them. And of course, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus stepped forward and they took him. They, they, they handled him. There was no doubt. They put him in the grave. They sealed the tomb. He was buried. There's no doubt that he died. And then Paul says this. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. In the 16th Psalm, we read from Psalm 19 today. In the 16th Psalm it says, You will not suffer my soul to be left in Sheol, in the place of the dead. And they could go back to the Old Testament and they could show that looking back now we understand he had to rise from the dead. And it's interesting in the Greek language, the word here we, we, call, it is a, we call it a perfect tense. And what that means is it indicates that this is something that took place but continues to have lasting effect and go on into the future. It would be like I could say back in 1974, Teresa and I stood right here and we're married. That was an event in our life. It was a one-time event, but it had lasting implications for our lives, as we saw this morning. <laughs> okay, It was an event, but it continued on. And that's what's used for the word raised here. He was raised from the dead. He was alive. And they saw him. And that, friends, is the heart and soul. It is the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. It is all you need to know. You don't need to be worried about sharing the gospel. The Apostle Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto what? Salvation. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. We don't need to be ashamed of it, and we don't need to be afraid that we don't know enough to share the good news. That's it. Jesus Christ died on account of our sins. Jesus Christ was buried. He was in the grave. He died. And on the third day, He was raised from the dead, victorious over death, over sin. And because of that, He can offer us the righteousness of God salvation and forgiveness for sins if we simply acknowledge our need and the truth of this and receive Christ as our Savior. It is a simple gospel. And as we come to communion this morning and share in the bread and the cup together, as we approach Thanksgiving, as we approach the holiday season, this is a good day to just stop, quiet our minds and our hearts, and reflect on what God has done for us and what he has given us and how wonderful that anybody, anybody that's in your world and in your life 
can accept that same message of salvation the same way you and I did through simple faith in the blood atonement of Jesus Christ. That is our message. That is our hope. And that is what we celebrate. We celebrate the first day of the week. First day of the week, Sundays, when we gather, because it is the day of resurrection. I'm going to invite the elders to come at this time. And they're going to come and they're going to pass the bread. If you would just take a, a small piece of bread as it comes to you and just hold it to meditate on it. And when they return, we will all eat together because we do this as a family. We do this as a congregation of God to share together the Lord's death. Gospel Luke, it tells us in chapter 22, Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. We were in Jerusalem last spring and we were at the upper room and it's not too far from the temple. And there were thousands of lambs and goats that were sacrificed on this day. I'm sure they could hear the bleeding of the lambs and goats as they were sacrificed according to Old Testament scriptures. It was on that evening that the Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. He eagerly was looking forward, even though he knew what was shortly to happen. He took bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. He gave it to them, each of them, said to them, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat our bread together and just have a moment of quiet reflection. Father, we thank you that we can celebrate what that day was uh, a difficult time. We call it the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ as he faced the excruciating death on the cross of Calvary. His body was beaten and broken for the sacrifice for us. But it was the only way of salvation. And Lord, we are here today on Resurrection Day to celebrate the story that you raised him from the dead to the right hand. He's there today. He is our Savior. You are our Father. And we are so thankful that you love us so much, so much that we will, more than we will ever know, we are thankful this day as a family of God. In his name we pray. Amen. We're going to serve you the cup as well. And again, would you please hold it? And we'll drink it together as a family of God as we share the grape juice as a reminder of the cup that night of his suffering and his blood. 1 Corinthians 15, I read that Paul said, That which I received, I passed on to you. In chapter 11, he says the same thing. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, and has now been passed on to us, because we have the Holy Scriptures that record this. The Lord Jesus, the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant 
in my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As we drink this cup together, it is simply a reminder of the blood shed on the cross of Calvary for our sins. But if you drink it, according to Paul, you are proclaiming to your neighbors, to one another, to your family, we are proclaiming together that this is the Lord's death that we remember, but He is coming again. He is coming again. Do you really believe that? You know, it's hard to remember that. You know, I don't know about you, but our lives get so busy and we get so preoccupied. And Do we stop each day and remember? He really is. He really is coming for us. And He is coming again to this earth. And the Prince of Peace is going to reign. And there will be true righteousness, justice, and peace on earth and goodwill to all humanity. Let's proclaim that together. Let's drink the cup together. And would you hold it for just a moment, please, a silent prayer, and then you can put it away afterward. Father, we have read this morning the gospel of Jesus Christ came to earth, pitched his tent among us. He lived. He died on the cross. He was buried. You raised him by your power. On the third day, by your power, Father, it didn't happen just because it was on the schedule. You and your power broke the bonds of death and sin, the chains and barriers. And in doing so, opened the way to eternal life for each of us, that the bond and the fear of death has been broken. And we come today and we celebrate with joy on this Resurrection Sunday, that our Lord is alive and He is coming again. And we praise Your name, and in His name we pray. Amen. Who would you say amen this morning? Amen. amen. Tomorrow we gather to uh, remember Ruby Anderson, and this past week also a couple other individuals who were part of our church family, Bob Sunderland, and Barb Ashley Peterson were both called home to be with the Lord as well. And I'm reminded as we talk about our, our faith that the Lord is coming again, that we also remember we are going to be together again. All of us, with all of our loved ones, all who have gone before. Thinking of God's faithfulness. Look at this group up here. I'm thinking grandparents, Dave Kane, Trainer Hansen, Dick Horn, grandparents of some of these guys up here that were part of my life and impacted my life. We're going to see each other again. We're going to be together again. Come on, let's smile. Smile. Leave with joy today. Resurrection Sunday, first day of the week, God of new beginnings. God bless you. Serve the Lord with joy and gladness this week. Amen? Amen. Amen.